Book Nine, Chapter Five of Camilla. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Camilla or a Picture of Youth by Fanny Burney. Chapter Five, A Self Dissection. Camilla remained in a state of accumulated distress, that knew not upon what object most to dwell. Her father, shocked and irritated beyond the mild endurance of his character, her brother, wantonly sporting with his family's honour, and his own morals and reputation, her uncle, preparing for nuptials broken off without his knowledge, Edgar, by a thousand perversities of accident, of indiscretion, of misunderstanding, forever parted from her, rushed altogether upon her mind, each combating for precedence, each individually foiled, yet all collectively triumphant. Nor were even these her sole subjects of affliction, yet another cause was added in depths contracted from mingled thoughtlessness, inexperience, and generosity, augmented to she knew not what sum and to be paid by she knew not what means and this topic which in itself seemed to her the least interesting soon by the circumstances with which it was connected grew the most pressing of any how at a moment like this could she make her purposed confession to her father whose wounded mind demanded all she could offer of condolement how call upon her uncle to be responsible for what she owed when she now knew the enormous accounts preparing for him from clermont of which he was himself yet uninformed lionel soon returned so it's really all off he cried dame fortune methinks has a mind to give me a taste of her art that i shan't easily forget eugenia would tell me no particulars but since things are thus there is only one step left for poor pilgerlick i must whisk over to the continent to the continent without consulting my father without my father why you see he gives me up he thinks i thank him a little wholesome discipline will do me good don't you understand what he means by seclusion from the world a prison my dear a jail however i'm not quite of that opinion i really think a man's as well off in a little open air so fare thee well child as soon as ever my dear uncle relville says good-night i'll come home again and wish you all good morning lionel lionel well well i know it's very wrong and all that so say nothing don't distress me i beg for i hate to be hip besides old relville don't deserve much better why can't he behave like a man and settle an annuity upon himself and an old servant and a dog and a cat and a parrot and then let an honest young fellow see a little of the world handsomely and like a gentleman but your bachelor uncles and maiden aunts are the most tantalizing fellows and fellowesses in the creation he then kissed her and was going but earnestly detaining him she conjured that he would let her first hint his design to their father that at least it might be set aside if it would still more deeply disturb him no child no 
i know his way of reasoning already he thinks every man should pay for what he owes either with money or stripes now my poor dear little body is not of that opinion and what would they get by having me shut up in a prison and i'll defy em to cast me in any other damages i have a few debts too of my own that makes me a little uneasy i don't mean to tradespeople they can wait well enough our credit is good but a man looks horrid small walking about when he can't pay his debts of honour however when i disappear perhaps my father will take compassion upon my character if not the relville estate shall wipe off all in the long run and is it possible lionel thus lightly thus negligently thus unmoved you can plan such a journey such an exile why what can i do what can i possibly do i am obliged to be off in my own defence unless indeed i marry little miss dennell which i have once or twice thought of for she's a monstrous fool but then she's very rich how should you like her for a sister nay nay i'm serious don't shake your head as if i was joking what do you think of her for my spouse she's a good girl i believe lionel though a simple one and i should be sorry to see her unhappy and how could either of you be otherwise with contempt such as this bless thy heart my little dear what have husbands and wives to do with making one another unhappy prithee don't set about forming thy notions of married people from the parsonage house and conclude a wife no better than a real rib sticking always close to a man's side you grow so horrid sententious i really begin to believe you intend to take out your diploma soon and put on the surplice my father meant for his poor son alas lionel how changed how hard forgive me if i say how hard must you be grown to be capable of gaiety and rattle at this period you'll die an old maid camilla take my word for it and i'm really sorry for you're not an ugly girl you might have been got off but come don't look so melancholy at a little silly sport the world is so full of sorrow my dear girl so little visited by happiness that cheerfulness is almost as necessary as existence in such a vale of tears what can induce you to laugh lionel at such words i can't help it faith i was thinking i spoke so like a parson's son camilla cast up her eyes and hands lionel she cried what have you done with your heart has it banished every natural feeling has the affecting letter of the best of fathers his cruel separation from the most excellent of mothers and even your own dreadfully censurable conduct served but to amuse you with ridicule and derision camilla cried he taking her hands you wrong me you think i have no feeling because i am not always crying however shall i tell you the truth i hate myself and so completely hate myself at this moment that i dare not be grave 
dare not suffer reflection to take hold of me lest it should make life too odious for me to bear it i have run on from folly to wickedness for want of thought and now thought is ready to come back i must run from that for want of fortitude what has bewitched me i know no more than you but i never meant to play this abominable part and now if i did not flog up my spirits to prevent their flagging i suppose i should hang or drown and believe me if i were condemned to the galleys i should think it less than i deserve for i hate myself i repeat i honour my father though i have used him so ill i love my mother for all her due severity to the bottom of my soul i would cut off my left arm for lavinia and eugenia and for thee camilla i would lop off my right but yet when some frolic or gamble comes into my way i forget you all clear out of my memory you all walk as if i had never beheld you camilla now embraced him with a deluge of tears entreated him to forgive the asperity his seeming want of all feeling had drawn from her and frequently to write to her and acquaint her how he went on and send his direction for her answers that so at least their father might know how he employed himself and have the power to give him counsel but how my poor lionel she added how will you live abroad how will you even travel why as to how i shall live there i don't know but as well as i deserve easily however as to how i shall get there look here taking from his pocket a handful of guineas that good little eugenia has given me everything even to the last half-crown that she had at southampton to help me forward dear excellent ever generous eugenia oh that i could follow her example but alas i have nothing and worse than nothing they then affectionately embraced each other and parted end of chapter 5 read by lars rolander